0: I want to start by this quote. It's by a pastor who wrote this. He said, Christians who are really interested in shaping culture should start with baby making and not artisan beer making. Christians who really want to shape the culture, who really want to make an impact for Jesus, we hear that all the time. And that's great. Every generation has that call. Every generation wants to, to move into the middle of the culture and they want to influence everyone around them with the gospel. And this it's kind of embarrassing, but this guy hit it right on, the, right on the head with my generation. Christians who are interested in shaping the culture. So start with baby making and not artisan beer making. Well, it's, it's funny because it's true. There are Christians who desire to shape the culture with the gospel. That's an honorable task. But far too often, these same Christians neglect the strategy, which is most obvious. So this is why this morning is a good reminder for us. A good reminder that children matter. Children matter, especially Christian children, the children in the Christian home. So this, uh, I'm just going to title this the Parent Commissioning Service, and we've already went through all that, so I can skip that part in my notes. For all the Christians who are parents and who are here, to you, to me, I got five little kids, 12 and under, Uh, they're not very little anymore, but you get where I'm going, we have been given the task to raise the next generation of Christians. That's our, actually, that's our number one task as parents. The next generation of disciples, the next generation of men and women who will follow the teaching of Jesus Christ. Now, if moms and dads are going to fulfill this call to raise the next generation, to give their all to see their children follow Christ, I think just a few things need to be understood. And I just, let's say I have two points, but they're kind of just things that popped into my head first, and I believe um, there are themes woven throughout the scripture. Number one is that children are a blessing to be stewarded. So they're given to us that we would take care of them to be stewarded in the right way, not idols to be worshiped. I'm gonna explain that just a little bit more. So if you have children, you've been blessed with a child and God has given you that child to take care of and use for his glory, train for his glory, release for his glory, not to set them up as something to be worshiped. And number two the second point is just God is awesome. That's what you need to know. There is an awesome God in the truest sense of the word. He is magnificent and glorious and powerful and mighty to save and all of those things. And that's what we need to remember as fathers and mothers. So first one, children are a blessing. Maybe the most popular verse that talks about this is Psalm 127. Psalm is a book of the Bible in the middle of your, it's a book in the middle of your Bible. So if you just went like this and kind of opened it to the middle, you probably would land there. And it's a book of poetry, just Poems all over the place. And these were written with the instruction and the the influence of the Holy Spirit. And here's what Psalm 127, verse 3 says Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of a womb, a reward. It may need to go without saying, but it's very clear throughout the entire Bible, and we believe the Bible is God's perfect word, so this is God's communication to us. We believe everything in it is, is actually happened. We believe, believe everything in it is real, and it's truthful, and we are to follow it as believers. And it may go without saying, but it is clear that children are a blessings, and this means they are valuable. This means they are worth your energy and effort, every single ounce of your energy and effort. And this means children are worth all that energy and effort that you give to them. And if you're a parent, do not believe the lie that parents have always been told since day one. That children are in the way. Or they're keeping you from your dreams. Or, you know, when you maybe realize that you're going to have a child for the first time, you get a little bit depressed because your life is over and all the fun stops. I usually tell young families to have kids as soon as possible and then bring them everywhere you go because that's the most fun. And it makes things really interesting on vacation. Do not believe the lie that they're not worth your energy or attention that it's going to take to provide for their needs, protect them from harm, and what it's going to take to teach them to follow Jesus. If you're a mother or a father, God has chosen to bless you with a little human, it's not a dog. It's not your hamster. It's not your favorite pet, whatever that is. Cat, I'm sorry I didn't mention cats. I apologize. There are some cat people. But children are different, they're a blessing. So I hope that you are encouraged by today because even during the days when those little ones act as though they're less than human, and you guys all understand what I'm saying, remember that they are precious image bearers of God who need your love and attention. And even more than this, I would say it's a privilege to give your love and attention to children. It's not a duty. It's not something you should loathe. It's a privilege. It's an honor that you get to care for another image bearer of God. Now, this does lead us to a warning. We know that they're a blessing, but there's also a warning to this because, uh, well, or better said, it leads us to something that we should consider. If warning's too strong in a language for you and you don't wanna be told what to do, maybe consider this, okay? That's what my generation likes to hear. So just consider what I'm about to say. There is a difference between men and women who have children and mothers and fathers who raise children. There's a difference between those two groups of people. The first group of men and women who have children, they birth children but neglect to provide, nurture, or protect them. Are we judging these people in any way? No, not necessarily. I'm just stating the obvious. Children are born every day all over the world to men and women who really will never be mothers or fathers to them. Now, the second group will birth children, and they will try their best to steward, to use wisely, to steward what God has blessed them with, the child that they've been given. Church, the world is full of men and women who have children. But what the church needs and what our communities need what our nation needs, and what the world is yelling and screaming for, although they do not know it yet, is for more fathers and mothers, not just more men and women who birth children. It is true, children are a blessing given to us by God, but far too often, they are viewed as some sort of earthly commodity. And this is maybe where the first group kind of gets mixed up. They're viewed as something to be dealt with or something to be you know, that can help them gain something, something to make them feel good or make worth, uh, life worth living. Maybe something to show off or even something to make life seem more bearable. Now, on the surface, all of us in this room, maybe all of us and many of us around the world would say, I would never, ever treat my children like that. I, I would never. I cannot believe you were even mentioning that. You're right. That first group, they're really bad people. You might be saying that. In your heart of hearts, you probably have already said it. But please, church, as we talk about most weeks, do not underestimate how deep the curse of sin truly is in your heart and in your mind. Sure, you would never think of your children as a type of possession, but it is true that many of us, myself included, Jesus died for sinners, of which I am the worst, which is why they put me up here to talk to you. You would never think of your children as this type of possession to be used for selfish gain, but it's true that many of us, in fact, do see our children as living, breathing, real-life trophies. Let me give you a few examples. There are multiple examples, but I can give you just a few. Quite often, children are groomed to be the next star athlete. This is one that everyone can see. It's just the reason why I'm using it, because I'm a coach and I love to coach athletics. So this is one I see quite often, and many of you do as well. Quite often, children are groomed to be the next star athlete, and not because mom and dad desire for this child to make a living off the game, but rather instead because of the accomplishment in the child's life provides mom and dad with a sense of purpose or this air of prestige. It makes us feel important to have our child be doing so well now, of course, this isn't always the case. If a child is a gifted athlete and they really enjoy competition, give them every opportunity to succeed. That's your call as a parent. That's what you should be doing. If they're gifted and they love it, give them every opportunity that is in front of you. But we all know, maybe we don't know, maybe I'm just telling you, the amount of young children who are gifted enough to make a living off athletics is quite small. Thank you. Now, if you have had the privilege of coaching any sport at any age level, you will witness parents, and here's why this is just a really easy example, you will witness parents crush their children under the weight of athletic expectation. Kids are crushed. Every sport that I have ever coached, usually a few sports a year, I am crushed when I see parents crush their children under the weight of expectation. I mean, and it really should be obvious, I mean, the uniform's on backwards when they show up. So right and left field, they're not quite going to get it right away. This expectation, this treatment of children is often viewed as what can only be called as idol worship. Idol worship. An idol is a a fake, I stutter here if you don't know that, a false or a fake God. It's something that we worship that isn't real. The Bible says that idols have ears but do not hear, mouths but do not speak, hands but do not serve. They're just fake. They're made by human hands. They're made out of wood or metal or gold. And we think they're, they're gods. Now, this is just one example of this athletics thing, but the principle applies to all of life. If you place upon your children expectations in which they will never be able to meet, you are doing them a disservice. Challenge them? Absolutely. Make it hard? Yes. That's good for them. Let them fail, and then smile when they fail? Yes, because they're learning something. Don't make fun of them, just, we want children to fail because they need to understand what it's like to fail and get, get, get back up again and go back at it again. But if your expectations for your children are so heavy that they cannot carry them, you're doing them a disservice. Let's say success in sports isn't your thing. Let's just say, look, I'm a parent, I can't even throw or catch. Okay, here's, here's a different one if success in sports or any other type of achievement isn't your cup of tea there is one more realistic expectations that tend to for that te- uh, that parents tend to place upon their children and that is the expectation of moral accomplishment moral accomplishment Christian fathers and mothers who know deep in their soul, who know the gospel, who believe in Christ as the only means of salvation, who understand what happened on the cross, and who believe that the tomb was empty, and who know the good news, the only hope for the world. Christian fathers and mothers who know that. They run against this brick wall when all of a sudden their children are not who they thought they would be. They're not making the decisions they thought they would make. Yes, I know Jesus died for me. Yes, I believe the sacrifice paid for my sins. Yes, I trust in the work of Jesus Christ, and therefore I know I'm forgiven and set free. But why does all this gospel stuff matter to me unless my children are healthy, or making wise decisions, or raising cute families, or successful at anything in life? The gospel is challenged when life doesn't unfold the way we thought it would unfold. And Christian fathers and mothers, we need to be very careful. We need to remember that the gospel is just as powerful it was on day one, even when your children are not who they thought they would be. This may be a little bit of a warning, but your hope and faith in Jesus will be challenged as a parent. But not because some sort of evil is coming to steal it away. There's a There's a portion of that in the scripture. We see that we have an enemy, an adversary. We see somebody who would love to destroy every single Christian thing ever, anywhere. But that's not really why your faith will be challenged. Your faith will be challenged because your heart will attempt itself to overthrow King Jesus in your life. It'll be your heart that does it. When your heart is tricked into believing the lie that morally upright children will provide you with unending joy, what follows is a flood of anti-gospel actions that you never thought you'd do. We all must beware that there is an ancient God who calls himself moral success, and he is seeking his worshipers. This false God, created within the human heart of mothers and fathers all over the world, promises you a state of peace beyond comprehension, a sense of joy beyond compare, and this powerful feeling of I am worthy. Life is worth it. If my children go towards all the right and stay away from all the wrong. Friends, although we hate to admit it, this God, moral success, captures many more hearts than even Jesus does. The human heart is an idle factory. It's been said in the past. I didn't say that constantly turning out new objects for us to worship. And we are to be on guard that our children do not become those objects of worship. Meaning if they they are who we thought they would be, everything is fine. Meaning if they really closely, closely listened to us and did exactly what you said, life would be fine. So often Christian parents live in despair and darkness because their children are not who they thought they would be. But friends, the gospel isn't stolen away by disobedient children. It's far more powerful than that. So children are a blessing to be stewarded, not an idol to be worshiped. Specifically with younger children, this is very, very hard. Think about the family who's going through um, just this trial of sickness with a young child. Something I have never experienced, so I can't even say I understand it, because I don't. a lot of the times, the hope and faith of that family rests on the welfare of that child. And I don't blame them, because that would be really hard. But not, that does not mean the gospel is powerless. Right, that's just the first one. That turned out way more dark than I thought it would be. So anyways, children are a blessing, not an idol. Just a great warning for you. I gotta pep this up. All right, number two. Whew. Maybe I should have rounded it out a little bit. Um, Number two, God is overall. That's just, God is awesome. Psalm 18, verses 30 and 32. As for God, his ways are perfect. The Lord's word is flawless. He shields all who take refuge in him. That's a great God. For who is God besides the Lord? And who is the rock except our God? It is God who arms me with strength and who keeps my way secure. We could spend years and years reading throughout the Bible of how amazing God is. The one true and living God. The uncreated creator, the one who spoke everything into existence. This is the God we're talking about. So mothers and fathers, I want to commission you. I want to challenge you. I want to entrust to you this task to reveal to your children how awesome God is. And some of you think, man, I don't know the Bible very well and I have a hard time following up with like reading the Bible to my kids and praying with them and I'm just not as great as I want want to be. Well, welcome to the club. All of us feel, feel the exact same way. You're just the only one willing to admit it. But that does not mean you cannot reveal to your children how awesome God is. Raise your children to be in awe of his creation. That's a very easy one. Bring them up to be amazed at the universe its scientific laws, and its raw beauty. Tell them about a God who is uncreated. Marvel with them at the depths of the ocean and the heights of the mountains and why you do this. Never give credit to this unknown spiritual source. Give credit to the creator of the universe. You know, it's often said that a lot of times mothers don't like the world because it's rated R. You know, there's spiders and stuff or there's things we don't like, or fathers want to shield their children from things because it's just bad, but just show everything to them in the world. Show them how God is working in the world, how God's character is revealed throughout creation. Raise your children to be in awe of God's character, specifically by teaching them about Jesus Christ. Tell them about his compassion and his justice, his holiness, his love, his grace, his humility, his mercy, and then every day, Every day, I wrote it third time. Every day, fourth, just for the extra, you know, every day, invite them into a relationship with Jesus. Every day. Tell them that it's possible. Tell them that every day is the day that God could call upon their hearts and renew them and restore them and save them. I know it's tiring. It does not mean it's not worth it. Plead with them to turn from their sin and embrace the light of life. And then as you do that, just trust God with everything. Just trust him. I mean, the Christian parent is not called to churn out Christians. This is not how it works. Our job is to marvel at God's creation, show them Jesus, and pray until we're going to fall asleep that Christ would save them. That's our job. Fathers. I'm going to end with sort of a father-mother encouragement. Then we're going to invite some families up here so we can all stare at them because they love that. Fathers, teach them what true humility is. And not a lot of it left. Teach them what true humility is and teach them how to give thanks to God for all that he has provided for you. Show your children what it means to steward God's creation like a Christian. Specifically, show your sons how to display this type of lordship over his future family in this world. All authority has been given to Jesus Christ, and we are in him. Jesus' blood has paid for every single area of this world. Every building, every school, every house, even the politicians. Jesus' blood paid for it. Show them that all this can be redeemed and be used for God's glory. Show them how to lead their friends and families with honor to keep their word. Here's Here's a really simple one, fathers. Teach your children that their yes should be a yes and their no should be a no and that's where it should be. Teach them to hold and honor their word. Show them what it's like to fight the good fight of faith, to be on their knees in prayer, Repenting of their sin, as one old dead man said, to walk over the bellies of their lust each and every day. Fathers, tell your children that the Christian life is not everything is amazing here and now because it is a battle with sin every day. Show them what it's like to get on their knees and seek forgiveness from their heavenly Father. Show them what it's like to tell their kids they're sorry because they yelled again. Show them how to walk over the bellies of their lusts, to trample upon all that seeks to destroy them. Show them how to put their sins to death by making war against the temptations that seek to destroy them. Show them what it's like to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And to submit your life to the authority of God's word. Ephesians 6.4. We already preached through this, but I can repeat it. Do not provoke your children. This is to fathers. Do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Teach them who Jesus is. Because at his very center, at his very core, a godly father is a man who is becoming like Jesus in the presence of his children who are becoming like Jesus. That's a godly father. A man who is becoming like Jesus in the presence of his children, which means they see it and they hear it and they get a glimpse of the work of Christ in your life. Mothers, show your children what it means to honor God and the world that he has created. Season your speech with words of worship as you teach them, instruct them, discipline them. My kids are more afraid than mom than me anyway. Discipline them and nurture them. Never underestimate how nurture will prepare them as they form healthy relationships in the future. Remember to stay humble when life seems to be going well. We love to take credit. Again, I'm the worst. (laughs) Remain humble when things are going well. Seek the love of your heavenly Father above all else and then tell your children that that love is enough. Because it's deep and it's vast and it's wide. Teach them that although the world will tell them differently, the grace of Jesus is enough for them. Tell them that. Remember the example of Lois and Eunice. If you don't know this, this is the mother and grandmother of a a biblical uh, character named Timothy. And in his letter to Timothy, another person named Paul, who was a church planter, apostle, he wrote like 13 of the New Testament letters. This is what he tells to Timothy. I am reminded of your sincere faith. A faith that first, that dwells first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And now, I am sure, dwells in you as well. If you think for one moment that your children do not witness your faith in Christ, you are wrong. They see it. And it's through you that your faith will be passed down to the next generation. Pass down your faith to your children and then trust God with the increase. Because... In her heart of hearts, a godly mother is a woman who is becoming more like Jesus in the presence of her children who are becoming more like Jesus. What I'm trying to get at is that when you bring your family to church, this is just an amazing service to worship and pray and sing about what has already happened in your week. Talk to your kids more about Jesus than I talk to you on Sunday mornings about Jesus. And never get tired of doing it. Parents, here is what you are commissioned to. All of you, but specifically the ones we're going to ooh and awe at. Tell your children about the holiness of God, how holy he really is. Tell them about how sinful mankind truly is. And then reveal to them their need for a savior. That's what we are to do. Tell them about the holiness of God. Reveal to them the sinfulness of man, and then tell them that there is someone who has come to reverse the curse, to save them from their sins, and to grant them eternal life. That's the call. Tell them that salvation is by grace alone, through faith alone, and Jesus Christ alone, according to the Holy Scripture, alone, and to the glory of God alone. Amen? Amen?